Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families we are going to be speaking about ensuring the continuity of family wealth through the wise investment which is the next generation and to discuss and unpack this topic with me is Robin Torp and she has a lot of experience in helping families and individuals navigate this journey so I'm very excited to have her here with me welcome Robin thank you before we jump into our topic of the day today I would like you to just introduce yourself to my audience so that they know who you are and what you do so uh, as you said my name is Robin Tobe and I am from Toronto Canada I started off my career as an accountant So I am a CPA and I worked in traditional accounting firms initially and uh, in both audit and taxation, but I quickly transitioned to real estate and from there to the complex world of derivatives marketing at Citibank Canada. After um, I had children, I decided that I wanted to have more control and flexibility over my time. And I decided to go out on my own and focus on financial literacy. And this was around the time of the 2008 global financial crisis, when there was a lot of attention being paid to financial literacy and financial capability. So I took my background um, in accounting and finance, my experience raising my own two kids, and decided to focus on helping other parents teach their kids to be responsible, independent, and money smart for life. And that's what I do today. I I focus on this area of youth financial literacy uh, through speaking and through my book, which is called The Wisest Investment. Incredible. So it's more of a takeaway from personal experience, professional experience and then bringing together these um, experiences and thought processes to create a resource that families can actually use moving forward, especially because we tend to think we know what we're doing financially. But then when we hit with financial crises and sometimes when we're trying to get our children to wake up to the fact that money must be earned or invested, we Mm -hmm. are a bit lost. We don't know where to start. Yes, exactly. I mean, for most parents, this is a an overwhelming and often intimidating area. Um, some research was done that showed that 78% of parents had tried to teach their kids about money, but two-thirds didn't feel they'd been particularly successful at it, and more than half didn't even know what information they needed. And a lot of parents, you know, if they feel like they're not doing a good job with money themselves, then it's easier just to avoid the topic altogether. And as you know, you know, money is still 
in many societies considered to be a taboo topic. And then if you look at the other end of the spectrum where um, families have a lot of means and wealth, you know, it's still a taboo to- taboo topic. Parents still tend to avoid it, but for di- for different reasons. Yes, I can imagine so. I think wealth in itself is something that we, as human beings, we aspire to accumulate and create wealth. But then mm-hmm. once it's, it's set in front of us, there's that challenge of, okay, now we have it. How do we manage it better? Now we have it. How do we teach our children or grandchildren and those around us to manage it better? Because we know how hard it is to actually build up the wealth and mm-hmm. necessarily always be translated in that way to children. Is that correct? Yes, because the obviously the generation that is the wealth creator, they know what it took, the sacrifices that it took, the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears um, to create that that business or or whatever it was that generated the wealth. Whereas often even the next generation, because they grew up with it and some things they just t- took for granted because that was just, you know, what they're familiar with in terms of some of these nice things to have in life. So, and then when you get to the third generation, they're even further removed from the, the creation of the wealth. And, and I think for a lot of wealthy families, they, what they're, they're asking themselves is, you know, how do we raise kids who are grounded when we have all this money? Because most parents still want to have kids who are responsible, who are, you know, going to be good stewards of wealth um, and who know who to turn to for help or advice. And, and, and they're, you know, they're not naive, they're somewhat experienced. So there's just a lot, there's a lot here. There's just a lot of concerns that parents have. Um, and the stakes are really high, you know, in, in families where there's generational wealth. Absolutely. And so from, from your viewpoint, um, why is raising money smart kids so important in what would say the financially complex world that we now live in? It's very Mm -hmm. complicated. There's so much information coming to people from all around um, and more so with with children who are growing up in families of wealth. Right. So we are living in a digital world where cash looks like, you know, in many countries, cash is disappearing. And we've got the rise of cryptocurrencies and all kinds of digital payment methods that make it really easy to spend money make spending frictionless, but make it hard on the other hand to save. You know, we also live in a world where fraud and identity theft are so much more common now. It's just something that, um, you know, you need to take steps to prevent because it can be quite costly. So the stakes are a lot higher now because we do live in a sophisticated world. We're not faced with simple decisions And we want to make sure that our kids are financially literate, which means that they have the knowledge, skills, and confidence to make responsible financial decisions at every life stage. And those decisions are more complex now than they used to be. Uh, You know, just the different forms of credit that are out there for young people, for example, buy now, pay later uh, programs that have arisen in the last few years are, are new. And there's just you know, there's a lot of debt out there, whether it's consumer debt or student loan debt. 
And it's just so important for people to have these basic, basic foundational life skills so that they can, um, you know, make these decisions properly. And in the case of families of wealth, become good stewards of wealth as they get older. I completely resonate with that. And what have you seen have been the consequences for children and parents mm-hmm. who aren't financially literate? Yeah, let's talk about that for a sec, because I think that we focus on, you know, first of all, if if our kids aren't taught about money, what 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 are the outcomes or what could happen? What are the consequences? So first is the fact that money worries are the number one source of stress, stress right now. And for example, in Canada, there's research that shows that almost half of Canadians say they've lost sleep over money worries. But stress can also lead to physical health problems like heart disease and high blood pressure. And inherited wealth can foster isolation, addiction, and mental health challenges like depression and anxiety. And I don't, I don't know if you knew this, this was news to me when I researched it, but stress and anxiety can even make you more vulnerable to fraud. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's so many more fraud, fraudulent transactions, you know, uh, frauds and scams out there, especially, you know, with um, now with AI, where you can generate somebody's voice to actually make it sound like the person, uh, you know, that you're speaking to the actual person. So you just have to be on your guard, it feels like all the time. Um, You know, the other consequences that our kids face, as I mentioned earlier, is like, if you don't, if you're not financially literate, you're lacking a basic life skill. And then that could lead to um, more challenges as you get older, and the stakes get higher. Because as you said earlier, it's about managing money, like having or making a lot of money doesn't translate automatically into good financial decisions. You still have to, you know, know how to make sound decisions with the money you make, because I'm sure you've, you know, there's so many cautionary tales out there of families that go from shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three, you know, in three generations. So they're, you know, it's, it's just always so, so easy to ratchet up your lifestyle and spend more than you make. Um, and the other, the other consequence for kids I want to mention was habits. You know, if we don't teach them about money from an early age, they can start to form bad habits like excessive spending, or as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, with addiction that become difficult to break as they get older and you want to, you know, habits create these neural pathways and you want to establish good habits early because it's difficult to rewire bad habits later. Yes, so absolutely. those, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think absolutely. Because um, when it comes to bad habits, um, it just starts as just an occasional thing that they're doing here. And then before you know it, it's becoming a full-blown bad habit. And I think more so what weighs down um, on families is families of wealth raise children that come into the wealth, which is could be completely different from the upbringing of their own parents. And um, there's mm-hmm. always, with the parent, you want to make sure that because you didn't have growing up that your child has the best of the best and that yeah. overtake you and overcome you and that you start creating spoiled children and right. you won't see that they're spoiled children because you obviously uh, have overcompensated. But 
Mm-hmm. How have you seen affluence become a double-edged sword for families and for children especially? Right. So I, I want to talk about that um, because we, you know, that will sort of take us into like what some of the consequences are for parents. Cause we did focus on the consequences for kids, but like you just raised affluence can be a double-edged sword, meaning wealth means financial security for your kids. But on the other hand, the other side of it is it can disincentivize them to work or find purpose. Money means the freedom to learn and explore, to, you know, to take different courses, to have an education, um, but it could result in laziness. And extreme wealth can leave kids with a fear of failure or an, un- un- or an unearned sense of accomplishment. And having access to money can even blow up some kids' lives. So I think that we know that wealth is a privilege, but it is also a responsibility and for for let's say um regular families most of them cannot afford to support their adult children financially so that is all a, a very common consequence for a lot of parents it's like if you don't teach this to your kids you may find yourself having to help them and support them now with wealthy families that that may not be an issue because they can't afford to if there's generational wealth but you know you don't want to create dependency in your kids. You don't want to encourage that. As I said, you don't want to encourage laziness or lack of purpose because that can lead down a slippery slope. So it's really important for for parents to focus on some of the, um, the benefits and the rewards of teaching their kids about money, which are kids who are responsible, kids who know how to make sound financial decisions, Kids, you know, to turn, you know, who to turn to for help and advice, the right advisors when they need it. And that makes the absolute sense. And what are the benefits of making the wisest investments? Yeah. So I just, you know, I just ran over a few of those, like kids who are responsible, kids who know how to make sound financial decisions. And then a really important one is kids who have a sense of purpose. And not a sense of entitlement because everybody needs purpose. Everybody needs a why, but kids of wealth may struggle to find theirs, especially if parents or grandparents cast a large shadow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And what are some of the tools that you um, have seen that are available through people like yourselves or just generally on the market that people can look at in terms of, a stepping stone to start making that wise investment to start engaging mm-hmm. in, in financial literacy and yes so um obviously i'm going to mention my book <laughs> because it is um really meant to be a roadmap for parents to teach their kids at different ages and stages and the way that i've structured it to make it easier for parents and less overwhelming is A by age group. So there's four age groups, which are young kids, five to eight, preteens, nine to 12, teenagers, 13 to 17, and emerging adults who are over 18. And then within each of those chapters or within every chapter and at every stage, I encourage parents to focus on the five pillars of money, what I call the five pillars, which are earn, save, 
spend, share, and invest. So the five pillars never change, but the specific topics and examples and family discussions and activities for each of those five do as your kids get older. So the book is really practical and it's, it, you know, you can read it cover to cover. You can focus on a single chapter depending on what age your, your children are at. So that's one thing is, you know, just self, self-educate. I also encourage wealthy families to reach out to their advisors and see what their advisors are, are doing, what resources they've uh, created to help their clients with this issue of educating the next generation. Because a lot of advisors realize how important this is and they are um, curating tools, uh, you know, websites, podcasts, newsletters, glossaries, um, videos, infographics. There's all kinds of really great stuff out there. Um, on my website, robintobe.com, we have a resource page where we have a lot more of the resources that we recommend, whether it's, um, you know, as I said, books, courses, and the like. So maybe people want to check that out. Yes, I'm sure that would be a great, great help to a lot of people. Now, as we are about to wrap up for today, what are your final thoughts to my audience in terms of what are things they should keep top of mind? And Mm -hmm. what are the things that um you think that they shouldn't delay on because procrastination is a big thing yeah. it shouldn't be so when it comes to money yes glad that you brought that up because i do encourage parents to start early and lay the foundation and then build on it because as i said you're always going to be talking about something under these five pillars of money of earn save spend share and invest It's just you want to make sure the information you're sharing is age appropriate because what you're going to talk about with a young child or a teenager is going to be very different from what you would discuss with an emerging adult. So you want to jump in at the stage that your child is at. And the benefits of starting early is that your kids can make mistakes when the stakes are low. Because I hear a lot of wealthy families say like, oh, that ship has already sailed. My kids are already spending way too much money. They have a credit card. They have no idea you know, the bills that they're racking up and all that stuff. So if you start early, then you can start instilling those habits we talked about at a younger age. On the other hand, if you haven't started and your kids are teens or you feel that ship has sailed, it's never too late. Uh, You know, the expression that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but the second best time is now. So definitely start and have those conversations about money And, you know, it's not a one-time conversation. It should be an ongoing dialogue um, with your kids that, you know, reinforces these different topics and examples. And also it's an opportunity for you as a family to talk about your values. And by that, I mean the things that are most important to you that you're willing to take a stand for because your family values can act as an invisible framework to guide and prioritize financial decisions and set meaningful goals. And especially for families where, where there was a generation that created the wealth, often that generation really wants those values to pass down and they want the the next generations to understand, you know, what was, what's important to them and what, as, as we said earlier, what it took to build that wealth in the first place. Awesome stuff. 
And I think you have shared with us um, the link to your website in terms of where mm -hmm. people get hold of you. Is there other, any other spaces except your website, social media, or um, email that people can reach out? Yes, I did mention um, my website, robintobe.com, and that's Robin with an I, T-A-U-B. And I mentioned that website because of the resources that we've curated for you, but also there's a um, values exercise that I created as well that's free if you go there. And it will help you determine what your top five values are, which you can then use to um, talk to your kids about them, have your kids do the exercise. And as I said, use it to help set goals. Um, I do have a second website called thewisestinvestment.com, which is more focused on the book. And lastly, uh, my preferred social media platform is LinkedIn. So I'm at Robin Tobe. If anybody wants to reach out, I'd be happy to connect there as well. Awesome stuff. Thank you so, so much, Robin. And you're um, welcome. I would encourage everyone to get the book and start making the wisest investment. <laughs> Great. Thank you.